Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the most unbelievable podcast, making podcasting great again in the history of podcasting. Speaking of which, I have my co-host who is making co-hosting podcasting even greater again, the one and only Mr. Everett Fardell. You know, Steve, I think it's time that we put a, that we got a, an audio guy and I, I know we've done incredible without any of this, but an audio guy and really got a group together. Let's stroke Joe Rogan a check and have him come and talk with us about <laughs> what he does and really, because... Maybe not Joe Rogan, anyway, but, but let's get Joe Rogan's well. publicist and Joe Rogan's PR guy and Joe <laughs> Rogan's a booker to get guests exactly. and let's assemble a team behind the scenes of top people that can support us just in case we need them someday. Yeah, just in case we might want to take a little time off and not do all of the work ourselves. Yeah, but see, taking time off, I mean, just to get off on a tangent, taking time off, there's nothing I would rather do than have all the fun we have on this podcast. So taking off would be negative. I don't want to take off from not doing the podcast. I mean, you know, we do this from anywhere we are, but I wouldn't want to miss it. We are probably the only two entrepreneurs in the world that don't actually need a team. We're just that good. But uh, everybody else should have a team. Yeah, well, you jest because, of course, I have an amazing team of experts surrounding me, and one of whom is you. When I need help with copy, as you know, I get all my clients to you, and you help Mm -hmm. them make millions of dollars. But anyway, that kind of we're on a tangent as usual, kind of touching on the topic for this week, which is assembling the right team around you, which you've seen Trump do over and over, and we've talked about it over and over. But now you see recently, just in the last few days here, with all this Mueller probe and Comey being a crook in the cave and all this maybe, you know, somehow coming to an end and Trump's not a target or whatever, and he now brought like three more lawyers onto his team, including one of them is Rudy Giuliani who was, I remember not too long ago, he was like a leading in the polls to be the next president of the United States and mayor of New York and big-time politician, but also has a history, of course, of people don't know, that being a big-time federal prosecutor as well. And one of his claims to fame is uh, helping clear out the mob and get Teflon Don Gotti out of New York City. And he's been a big-time prosecutor, and Trump. he's now joined the Trump team to come in, and supposedly his role is to negotiate negotiate with Mueller to get an end to this ridiculous witch hunt of the BS Trump colluded with the Russians BS. So Rudy Giuliani, I mean, this thing's been going on for a year or so. And now suddenly, why is Rudy Giuliani joining the team? And that's the lesson to be learned from Donald Trump for this week. So Everett, why bring Rudy Giuliani onto the team at this point? 
Well, this is like hiring your competition's best person who knows everything about their business in order to uh, sit down with the competition and, and negotiate with them about a purchasing them or something. It's just Giuliani knows where all the skeletons are hidden, so to speak, in the entire justice system. Because as you mentioned, he was the districts in New York, the federal, the federal prosecutors in New York are considered the most prestigious districts in the entire country. And he was one of, if not the most prestigious district attorney, a federal district attorney in the entire country. Well, and that happens to be where this whole Trump's attorney case is going on in the second district of New York. And that's where Giuliani made his mark. And like I said, it hasn't been that long, and it's likely he's kept up some relationships, and he's going to go in and negotiate and, and, like, cut this out. And he looks like an absolute, I mean, it's like having, you know, he's a legend in that area. It's like having, uh, you know... Yeah, it's like being able to bring Peyton Manning back to play on my flag football team. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so now you're just going, oh my God, look, you know, uh, and he garnered so much respect, garnered so much prestige, particularly in the office that he worked in and did his work in and and established his reputation. And plus, he, you know, mayor of New York and cleaning up the entire city after that, you know, as the mayor. So yeah, he's, you know, he's going to... um, Well, we'll see what he's going to do, but that's what he was brought in. And the way he was brought in is what we're talking about this week is you think back to, I don't know, it's like 18 months or so ago now, right after the election, where I'm sure you remember that Trump was meeting with a revolving door of everybody on earth from all walks of life, yeah. pro-Trumper, anti-Trumper, everyone was going up those elevators in the Trump Tower so he could assemble his team. And I remember at the time, and we talked about it, like, what's going on? He only needs like a dozen cabinet members. He's interviewing over and all these people because Trump's doing what you, dear listener, should be doing which is he's putting people in his pocket, in his desk drawer for later. So when I interview people, I always know, we talk about, be slow to hire, quick to fire. So I know when I hire somebody, there's a real possibility that within two, three weeks, it wasn't a good fit, they're gone. I don't want to have to place another ad and do another rounds of interviews. I tell the last few applicants that made the final cut but didn't get hired, I'm like, you know what, though? You're in the final three, you didn't get the nod, but is it okay if I keep you on file here? And if you haven't found something that you want to do in the next few weeks and I need you, I give you a call. Well, they're not going to say no. And so I have a feeling that's what happened with Giuliani and with others. You saw he also has brought on Larry Kudlow recently, and he's brought on a few others that have come and joined the team after a year and a half that Trump met with way back and said, okay, I'm not going to bring in right away, but is it okay if down the road I have a need, I can give you a call? And again, they'd be stupid to say no. And also along the way, folks, what we're saying is you don't just then leave them in the drawer for a year and a half. I have a feeling that Trump has called Rudy a few times with, again, just the thought of like, I don't know if we'll ever work together, but just in case, that's one thing that maybe more than anything else has made Trump the success he is, is the relationships he's built over time. The Rolodex, the whatever you want to call it now, the, the, the phone numbers in your phone, whatever it is, to keep in touch with people that you might want to do something with later. And you don't wait until, like, you need somebody, and then you go, oh, you know, I haven't talked to this person in 10 years. Let me just call them up and say I need you. It's not the way to do it. Right, right. Yeah, no, definitely want anybody who's sharp who you come across you want to make sure you stay in contact with. And I mean, I've, I've been known to, I, I literally, if I ran into somebody who was out and was obviously sharp and competent, you know, you can, you can tell a sharp, competent person based on talk, you know, based on talking with them. I have been known to grab their telephone number and tell them, look, I, I own a local business and I'd like to talk to you about coming to work for me if you have any interest. 
Now, none of that has turned into a hiring proposition, but just like you say, when you interview somebody, you keep their name aboard, you keep your eyes open because you always want to get the best team that you can around you. That, that's uh, actually something that Trump personifies, but it's something that I also learned from, uh, it was either Zig Ziglar or Tom Hopkins, I think it was Zig Ziglar. He talked about getting a job as a, a grocery store when he was a kid, and another kid came in from a, a neighborhood grocery store, and this is back before the big chain stores, and uh, the kid comes in, he's a bag boy at the grocery store down the road, and he, he sees, can, you know, can we buy some tomatoes or something, some canned tomatoes, and, and he runs back, and Zig Ziglar says to his boss, who owns the store, do you, you know that kid? And he goes, yeah, I know him. He works for the guy down the road, and he's been in here a couple times, and he's back to get a raise. And Zig says to the guy, well, how do you know that? He said, because if his current employer doesn't give him one, I will. So you always want to keep your eye out for talent. You always want to keep your ear to the ground for talent because that's... That's a great you know. story and a great example. I'll give our listeners another one. How about me and you? So we first mm-hmm. met, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago at an event. We said hello. We had a conversation. We both knew we were on the same wavelength, and we were both sharp and knew what we were doing. But it was years later that we said we ought to do something together. Right. And, in fact, Absolutely. I remember when you said, you know, because I, I have another podcast I've been doing for years. And I remember you said, I'm thinking of doing a podcast. Can you help me with how to get started or what you do or whatever? And I was like, why don't we just do one together? And, boom, the lessons learned from Donald Trump podcast was born so we didn't like put out an ad i need a co-host for the lessons learned from don boss we didn't say (laughs) when we first met hey there wasn't even such a thing as podcasts. We didn't say, hey, someday let's co-host a podcast. We just said we kept in touch, and we would see each other from time to time and at events and kept together through social media. And then lo and behold, ba-boom, a partnership is born, and we've done a heck of a lot of things in case the listeners are thinking other than just this podcast. We've done all kinds of other projects together. Absolutely. And that's what every business owner should do. Absolutely. You and for the track. advanced tip this week, I'm going to share an advanced way that I initiate and maintain relationships with all kinds of incredibly sharp, very advanced, highly successful people, and it's something every business owner can do as well. And to get well, that advanced tip, I'm sorry, go ahead, but I'll just tell them and then you, you can finish it up. But to get that advanced tip, you go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com, pretty simple, and get the advanced tip the week. Finish it up, Everett just going to say I know few people have the Rolodex that you have so our listeners will be well advised to go with the advanced tip there's no doubt about it you've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today if you want to be a winner like Trump make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to lessons learned from donaldtrump.com and join us next time unless you like being a loser Some people do. Trust me.